how dead are you? In sin, in Christ, in self, there are so many ways to look at death and life, but most stop short of eternity. What happens when you die to self and live for Christ? What does it really take to come alive? Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. There's a battle being waged. It's not flesh, it's not blood, it's spiritual. And we need to be prepared. The last thing a warrior wants on the battlefield is spiritual anemia. So when the enemy attacks, we need to be prepared. But we don't always realize where the attacks are coming from or that we're being attacked at all. This is the Pantry Podcast, and we're here to remind you of who we answer to, what we're capable of, and how we are called to do it in every aspect of our lives. This is season six, Rewired. When you're saved, you're saved for good. But we all experience sanctification differently. The more we grow in our relationship with the Lord, the more he transforms and renews our minds. The more we cut the cords of this world, the more we're charged up in him. This season, we're arming you with discernment of some of culture's most toxic snares. Support our ministry reaching the lost and found in over 35 countries with spiritual and literal nutrition. Every one-time and recurring donation makes a lasting impact. Donate through Patreon or thepantrypodcast.com. And now let's dig into the meal. Hey. Hello. Man, it's exciting. Uh, always, 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 always. That's my that's my go to phrase because it's like uh, the lights are on, the cameras are rolling. What's going on? <laughs> but no, tonight, man, it is exciting. We're we're in our new seasons of Rewired. Man, we have an awesome guest tonight. We're going to be talking about the Walking Dead. Yes, you know when we think about that, there is a clear separation between good and evil. You know, God and Satan. Now, you know, peeps are either living or dead. True. Walking Dead. I mean, that's the truth. See, Ephesians two one through six really breaks it down and and speaks to this life and death, the depth and seriousness of it. You know, we were dead in trespasses and sins, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air. He's the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, the dead. Look, this was us living in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind. By nature, we were children of wrath, no different than the rest of mankind. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we have been saved and raised up with him, seating us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. We are no longer dead. We are alive. But there are so many people out there who are still walking dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a monumental shift when you realize that reality, that that's the reality you were blind to. And when you come to realize it, you're most often on the other side. You're already alive again in Christ. And so um, we brought someone on tonight that is amazing. Amazing. Her bio is one of the longest because I just could not figure out what to take out. She is incredibly inspirational and she's a mover and a shaker for the kingdom of God. So Karima Elamin is the co-host and executive producer of Relevant DC, a kingdom talk show created to disrupt the mainstream view of the relevancy, reality and results of the word of God. Her artistic efforts include her highly acclaimed first solo EP, I Have No Tears For Me, her faith-based book and workbook, The Seven by Four Breakthrough Anointing Mountain Moving Faith, her intention, uh, her internationally published poem, My Birthday Wish, the Women Artists and Poets Advocate Children's Rights Touring Project, the play Lockdown Legacy, which later was adapted to film. In a short, she is busy in the business of the kingdom of God, and we're honored to have you on the show. So welcome, Kareem. Yeah, Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, guys. And I need to find out what an offering basket for that many serving um, you gave us, I'm um, sure, at the beginning. <laughs> I felt the power in the spirit of the Lord. Ooh, come on. <laughs> I need come an on. offering basket. I need to receive a donation. <laughs> I put seeds in the good ground. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
so yeah so yeah we're, we're opening a season of rewired we're talking about the walking dead we've sat in a couple of awesome like just chats and talked about this this idea of the walking dead and this really brought into fruition this whole this whole idea right here today and you were definitely in our minds with this with this idea so when we say this when in this rewired mind and the walking dead what comes to, to into your heart what did the holy spirit lay on you well, that, I'm so glad. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this topic and this theme because The Walking Dead is so profound. Um, but I don't think we often recognize that there's levels of deadness and levels of life because some of us don't all automatically live to our fullest potential in Christ, um, nor do we live up um, as bad as we probably could be in death. So when I was in devotion this morning, which is so interesting, so I'm praying, you know, I'm just having my time with God. We kick it because like, that's my, that's my boy. I mean, I talked to him like that. That's my guy. <laughs> I've been, you know, acting up a little bit. I had to come and repent on some stuff. And so he was telling me about the walking dead and living dead and people that are dead. And he started to break some things down to me, Shay and Michelle. And it was just like blowing my mind. You know how you'd be like, oh my God, I'm not good enough to even notice. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm not even, I don't have enough brain power to come up with this. But he was telling me there was three stages of death, three different ways that you can look at death. So there's the, the walking dead that are people who don't know Christ. So you're just dead. There's no... That's just it. And, you know, for some people that's difficult to take, but the reality is based on the word, you know, if you don't know God, if you're not in, in Christ then you're dead, but then there's this two other stages and I'll go to the last, and then it's the death of a person who is no flesh. They have actually dead to their sins, their desires. And the, you know, we all know people in, in Christ that are like that, that are walking dead that are, I always say that about my husband. He's a dead man. Like literally you do things based on your relationship with God, not of people. And most of us, unfortunately, as Christians, we're still in that middle stage that God was telling me about this morning. They, he broke it down. I was like, yo, like, whoa, God, this is cool. So you know how with death, when you die to yourself completely, when you think of something that's dead, that's completely dead, all the flesh is gone. There's no bones. There's no smell. It's nothing. It's just that. So we have these spiritual, we have a spiritual aroma. And what reflects us when we don't, when we haven't died as Christians, as believers, it's, it's a putrid, it's, it's putrid because we still have flesh. But it's dying flesh, not dead flesh, and dying flesh smells. And in the spiritual realm, when we continue to commit sin, when we continue to live outside of God's will as carnal Christians, then that's the three stages of the walking dead. There's the walking dead are completely dead. They're completely dead in, in sin. There's completely dead in Christ. And then there's this middle area of people that are walking around that are dead. And in the spiritual realm, they have this stench because you're still living in flesh. And the only reason you can have a stench in the spirit because you still have flesh. And flesh smells when it's decaying. So you haven't allowed yourself to die completely. So we walk in this perpetual place of funkiness, you know, in the spiritual <laughs> realm, because we haven't allowed our flesh completely to die. We're still carrying all these fleshly ideas. And, and that, and I, I'm sure God was bringing that to me because I was repenting about some stuff during my devotion. Like yeah. I need to deal with some things. So, but we need to die to our flesh in order for God to truly use us. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Yo, like I have, I have never. Where's that offering basket? Let's just pass, we're just passing it. It around. We're pass that thing around. I mean, uh, we're going to have a big, a big portion to give away at oh, the end. No, this is, that, that is so good. Yeah. I, cause what's cool is when, when I thought about walking dead at first, I'm thinking about the world and how they're the walking dead. Cause they're walking around dead and sin, like you mentioned. And then I was thinking about, okay, but I'm also mm. dead to self. You know, I'm trying and working and that's the whole sanctification process. But I love what you said about the stench in the middle. And I think that, there's there's no reason to get all caught up and paralyzed and discouraged by the stench because we know we are in process. Right. When you the beauty of it is you can't go from alive in the spirit back to dead in sin. You know, you can't go in that way. You can only nope. come back through dying to like you you're dead to sin, you're alive in Christ and you're in process. So you can know and take comfort and hope in the fact that the stench albeit still happening right now, you're in process to get to that place where it won't smell anymore because the dead don't just come back to smelling again. Mm -mm. It's a consistent some depending on where you are and the soil you're in, it can take longer. Right. 
and different and it'll look different. But the process still is moving in one direction. And the enemy will have you believe you can bounce back and forth. Right. Regenerate flesh to rot off again and all of this stuff. That's not what it's about. So I love I love that you brought that up. I, I love the fact that we die daily. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you're sitting here, you're talking like, well, you know, people sit there and they'll say, well, these people are just, you know, they're talking like they know everything and like, they're just speaking at me and they're just preaching down at me and, and they're telling me these things. <laughs> but what did we just hear? What did we just hear? <laughs> we heard that she had something inside of her saying, Hey, uh, psh, psh, hello. Uh, uh-uh. you, you ain't acting right. Conviction. Right. Yeah, right. And so she starts the devotion. See, she doesn't turn into self. She doesn't turn into shame. She didn't turn into like, I don't know, ignoring the problem and say, right. I don't hear you. She was like, okay, let me turn into the word. Let me turn into devotion. Let me turn into God. And then God revealed to her, revealed to her through what she's going through a revelation of the word and of this, of, of this type of topic yeah. of dying yeah, and, and the, or being dead. And the good, the thing what God was throwing me, cause we were talking about this on our show is that what, unfortunately, if we don't, you can't deal with a problem that you don't acknowledge or recognize. Grace hasn't been given us. Yes, we have grace. Grace is amazing, but it's not a, a, a carte blanche card to continue to live in sin. So then you never deal with it. And you just say, well, grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient. Yes, it is. And you'll go to heaven, but you'll never fulfill your, your greater purpose mm. in life. Because unless you can die to yourself, you can never get to the levels that God want to take you. My husband's always telling me when I get upset, about, you need to die. His, his answer to everything, you just need to die. I'm like, you know what? If you tell me to die one more time, <laughs> but, you know, but it's the truth. Everything is about death. Everything, life in Christ is about death. So it's a continuing when, when Paul said, I die daily, it's because you have to die daily. But unfortunately, we don't want to die. And so what we do, we say, well, God's grace is sufficient. It is. But if we only use that and we don't go to the next level mm-hmm. and ask God to help us to not have to die to the same things daily, we'll never, ever get to that level of, you know, it's a, it's a scripture that says a faithful man who can find. And when mm-hmm. you think about that, it's because God says what you think is faithful and what you think is Christian is not my um, definition. And instead of us allowing God to show us where we need to die at, we just kind of float across and never ever really deal with anything deep and we can and then God can never really take us into those deep levels where he can really use us to impact his kingdom because we don't want to deal with stuff because God is telling us I don't find faithfulness easy because most of us are not willing to do the work necessary and I was dealing with me yeah you want certain things stop praying for anointing stop praying for a new level of power and prayer what I want you to do is to deal with you and I want to take mm-hmm. you through this journey that you're, I've shown you all these things that I want you to use me to deal with. And I think that's a part of that walking dead. So I want to be that person that I'm completely dead to myself, but that takes me acknowledging that I have places that are still rotting. Right. 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 You know, and, and I'm, one of my favorite verses, you know, about grace, you know, the throne of grace, but see, I come to the throne of grace for my strength. Right. See, we're moving. We are constantly moving or let me rephrase that. Right. Let me rephrase that as a living body on the, you know, as I have lived through the salvation of Christ, I live, I'm seeking, I'm going after, I'm chasing, I'm moving. I'm not just sitting, like you said, throwing out the card of grace, throwing out like I'm good. No, honestly. And I think I've heard one of my favorite, you know, my favorite pastor, well, I mean, who says this all the time, Pastor Brent, but he's like, I don't want to live there. I don't want to, I want to watch this like your husband, Insta grace, Insta mercy, Insta forgiveness, you know, and it's like, and he wants to bring that fourth dimensional spirit, that, that soul that has been Mm. covered, that has been processed. It's like, no, no, I, you're lifted up now. You're good. But what are you going to do for me? Right. And your husband is showing that it's like, and and, and Brent is is working that. And as I hear it from these, these men of God Mm -hmm. who, who are like, no, there's a better way of thinking. Right. There's a better way of right. doing. And I mean, she should be yelling at me every day, die <laughs> and vice versa. Cause we don't, we're, fi- we're both fire. See, <laughs> in our relationship. I'm fire. So, you know, you just be extinguished and all this mess out of me on the road. I love but, it. Uh, but I love what you're saying. I, I, I love, I love the, 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 the idea here of what's going on. And then I'll bring this to my conversion. You guys know I was Muslim, um, you know, 
up until 11 years ago, you know, and I'm right. a few years old. I won't say exactly, <laughs> but I had lived a significant point in my life and then I became Christian. And a part about this whole rewired series and about being rewired was that I never felt that I could own up or be good enough because it was always this, if you're a good hand, your left hand, I raise your right hand. If you're good deeds, I raise your bad deeds, you'll get to heaven. So I was in this perpetual state of fear of not being good enough. So in that perspective, what I love about Christ and grace is that God is allowing me to love and to live, to get better, but his grace covers me because I accepted him. I didn't have that in my formal faith. I didn't have, no, it was like either you, you in or you're out, either you all the way in and nobody was. So I was like, do you ever really get to attain that? So I said, there's so many works trying to be good enough and, and it really is feeling this rejection that you're not good enough. There's something that I need to do and I don't have to do in Christ. I just have to be. And that's the beauty about Christianity is this being. I'm a human being, not a human doing. And so when I get enter into that rest of God, then I'm able to really move forward. And only in rest can you die. Because if you try to die in works, it just is a, it's a, like a hamster wheel. You're always going over and over and over again. So what right. I'm like, let me rest in the fact that God loves me in spite of my little funk. However, he wants to raise me from the funk. You know, I'm like, that's not like a song from back in the day. You know, get, get out the funk, you know. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but in the meantime, God still loves me in the funkiness. But he right. wants me, like you said, um, Shay, to rise to a level. He doesn't want me to stay there. He don't want me to be comfortable in the funk. He wants to push me. And that, I'm on the self-development area because I keep saying I've, I've learned that I'm only as good as and anything around me is only as good as I become. So I'm not looking at anything external about in my business and my, and you know, I own several businesses. My husband and I, we're doing well, but there's so many more places that we want to go. But I know it starts with me developing me. And my first developing in me is becoming dead in Christ, looking at the places where God has told me that his grace is sufficient and using that grace to become better as opposed to using it to stay there. And that's where I'm rewiring myself because I'm changing me from the inside out. So then my external environment will look different because my internal environment has changed. When you talk about the rewiring from, from my side, it was when I came to this conclusion about the eternal mindset that I talk about, this, this flip switch where you realize I might die, but the word says I go to sleep mm. in a way that I can't, no other human could wake me from, but I'm just asleep. And the world has a lie we need to rewire that you're dead. But we know that every person, whether or not they have the Holy Spirit, is an eternal being, right? So we end up right. going with Christ. And those who reject him go to a place without him. But we are eternal. So we all go to sleep to be continued, mm. to figure out where we're right, going. That's good. So the devil wants us to play this like a short game. And the Lord is saying, no, play this like the eternal plan, like the eternal projection that it actually is. When the eternal mindset, it awakens our immortality. There's people in this world doing horrendous things in the name of becoming immortal, escaping death, escaping judgment. But we know the truth that we don't have to do anything to achieve immortality. It's what are we, what is that mm -hmm. one choice that dictates where we, what's our eternal address? And when you come there, you get a new set of convictions and a new set of priorities and you start to pray hopefully for wisdom. I love the book of Proverbs because it just shows you how ready Ooh, and willing God yes. is to give you the wisdom that will then lead you to better discernment and then will lead you to boldness. If you start asking for boldness and stuff before wisdom, who knows what will happen, but the Lord is faithful. Right. But when you ask for wisdom, then all the tools that he then entrusts you with, you know a little bit more how to operate them. And one of my favorite pastors, Craig Rochelle, he wrote a book, Dangerous Prayers. And the most dangerous of the prayers he writes about, in my opinion, is the break me prayer. It makes me think when you're talking about the rotting flesh, it makes me think of all the different ways you can clean a body, mm. right? Get rid of the stench. There's, you know, in science and biology, when they're trying to get down to the bones to, to study mm -hmm. the skeleton of a person, they've got maggot pits. Mm. They've got chemical solutions. 
there's different ways you can get rid of the stinky, you know? Uh, (laughs) And in our own walk, there's different ways he's going to get rid of the stinky. But none of them sound that great. Even yesterday in Life Group, someone was saying, you know, without the stone throwing, would we grow? Mm. Not at all. And and, And so without, what does his cleaning process look like? It's not always fluffy and convenient because it's driving you to a place where you have to look face to face with those convictions. Wow. Wow. It's that deception. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead though. Go ahead. No, that was so good. You know, something that my, um, my pastor Nick always says, and it's so true. The best personal development place you can be, there's two in the church because why? Because you have to forgive people. You know, we can live and work with people for years and don't speak. But you can't do that in church. You can't, you, mm. you don't supposed to, you know, you know, I'm sure there's people that try it. <laughs> we, are we in a church that, you know, you develop, you learn how to submit to people because you got to be under people that may, you may even be smarter than them or know how to do it better. But God places you on people to humble you so that he can right. use you at a greater level. You learn how to forgive people because you still got to work together. You still got to come to church. You're going to leave your church because somebody offended you. And then in marriage, well, you have to learn how to submit yourself to your husband. Your husband has to love you like Christ loved the church. So those are the places that are the best personal development. And what I love about being we wired, when you become a part of the body in a church family, then God starts to rewire you because he puts you in that place with that person that irritates you. And what God has shown me, and, and particularly since I've been married to my husband, the very thing about that person that you feel is such a trip about them is really the area that God wants you to die at. And that death is what God takes to move you. And so as long as you have an angst, it's everything what I was, I've been studying lately is rooted in pride because even offense is rooted in pride. Well, who, who are they to talk to me? But who are you? I mean, they, <laughs> right, look right, what God right. did. Look, look how he died for us. And so it's like, this is what God gives us. This, And so when you forsake the fellowship of the brethren, God tells us don't forsake it because he knows that's the only place I can develop you. That's the only thing I can teach you patience. I can teach you good stewardship because you're paying your tithes and your offer. I can teach you how to submit because you're being under authority. I can teach you how to not be offended, even though the offenses will come because that's the word. And so we take ourselves out of the very places oftentimes that God uses to develop in our marriage. We don't want to submit. Michelle, you know, as women where we you know we have husbands and if even if, you know, God's dealing with me this today, I mean, God deals with his girl. He was like, <laughs> you must honor your husband at all times. He said, I give him the vision for this family. You don't get to decide you don't like the vision. He said, if you have an issue with anything he's doing, you talk to me and not him. And he like rebuked me because, you know, it was like, look, you don't get to, or you don't get to uh, disagree with his decisions. I was like, like, how does that work? He said, the reason is I give him, he's the head. He says, just like you don't get to disagree with Christ. You don't get to disagree with your husband. He said, anything that I need to work out of him, you tell me and I'll deal with him, but you submit. And I was like, it was like, as much as you can understand, I was like, I don't want to hear that. But then as God started to just keep, he kind of left it and we kept fellowshipping. He was saying, why do I need you to submit? He said, because when you submit to him, then I can trust you with submitting to me because you will never submit to God. People say, I need to submit to God first. God, you, you show your submission to God by how you submit to man. So if you don't submit to man, you will never submit to me. So God's like, because I keep asking for a closer relationship with him. He said, the more you submit to him, the closer you'll get to me. I was like, done. I was like, wow. But it makes sense because if I don't do what God's word tell me to do, then I'm not honoring him because he's his ombudsman. He is the person he put over me. So if I respect God's choice in me, then I have to respect the man he put over me. And even if I don't, I still have to submit to it because then it shows God that I honor him and I go to him in prayer. And those are those, those areas that we, we want to look at all the big things and not want to deal with that. He did the small little circle. He said, that's the area I need you to deal with. You're trying to go outside the circle. I just need you to deal with this circle. All that stuff going on with you. I don't know who I help, but I know how to help somebody. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you you spoke and ministered right, to me. Right. Isn't, so isn't it go. amazing how that that little area requires a double edged sword? <laughs> right, right. Cuts to the bone and marrow because it needs and to I, be and, precise. And, look, and I, I'm going to be on. So as the man in the room, right? I'm like, you know, I could be over like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Spiritual headship in a home when you really are submitted to Christ, because that's who I submit to. Right. Okay. It's it is a battle in itself. 
It is a battle. So, and, 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 you know, you're always sitting there like, okay, God, is this the right decision? Is this, and you have to sit there and just say, okay, I'm going to pull this trigger. And then the consequence, or, you know, if it's either his or it was yours, you, you get that consequence, you know, it's like, right. because you are submitted, you are submitted and you look at your family, not as a, a, an overpowering, you look at them as a family. Right. And it's like, okay, how are we going to exist in this family? Mm-hmm. How are we going to succeed in this family? And it's because yeah. we're going to all be under that, 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 that banner of love and sitting at that banquet table of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and see, the enemy wants to take that away in our rewiring, right? He wants right. to take that away. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. Whether people are going to accept this or not, I got I, you. I, I'm like, okay, you got me. Because today, <laughs> today I'm going through some stuff and I'm looking at the enemy and I'm looking at, at society and I'm looking at how the enemy likes to come in and distract, right? And, and I'm not going to go into why or who the person I was looking at, but there were some, some quotes that were put out there. And one of them is exactly what you used to learn from a book that honestly we could say is from, right? It's not the right book. But let me tell you something. Right. When I read this, it sounds like the enemy. Right. This is writing. It's all, the enemy likes to flaunt. Right. The enemy likes to sit there and be like, yeah, guess what? This is who I am. Now he'll make it look like it's coming from God. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, this is what Satan is saying. But this is Satan speaking for himself. And it says, and Satan will say when the matter is decided, when the human is going to the hellfire, it was God who gave you a promise of truth. I too promised, but I failed in my promise to you. I had no authority over you except to call you, but you listened to me, then reproached, not me, but reproached your own souls. I cannot listen to your cries, nor can you listen to mine. I reject your former act in associating with me, with God for wrongdoers. There must be a grievous penalty. He just spoke about himself in in, in that book. Now, Hey, I don't care what I get hit on that because he's flaunting. He's sitting there telling, he's, he's putting it into a book and and people are studying this book and living by this book. And they're thinking that this is him talking to them when it's actually him talking. Right. He's like, you follow me. I'm going to cry with you in hell. Such a dead, dead, right? Dead. And this is what people are rejecting. And And this is where we get into that rewired. When we start to sit there and we think about this and we're like, oh, wow, what does this rewiring mean? What is it? What is this rewiring? Like, okay, you have the unbeliever, you have the believer, right? And the unbeliever, it's a rewiring to understand who God really is, what the consequences are. And actually how, as we've been sitting here in this discussion and talking about this, how he changes, how we capture those thoughts and he changes us for better. Right. It's not because it's some book. The Bible is not some book that is just like, Mm -hmm. I'm making you do something because I own you. No, it's to be better. Mm -hmm. And here I read this quote today and it's like Satan is just basically sitting there saying, you follow me. That's your choice. But you follow the wrong person. Basically. And and, and I'm so glad you brought up the book because it's not just the book. The, the, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word is God or the mm-hmm. word was God and the word is God so what the Bible is is God and it's a reflection of who we yes. are now whether we have obtained the same level of glory is based on how much we want it because God is offering the table is set before us he like take it mm-hmm. I gave it all to mm-hmm. you you are co-heirs with Christ so it's just a, a it, it's a reflection of, you know we always say in, in my, my church is like God's will is his word if you ever want to know what God feels about something just go to his word this, yes. it's because that's who he is we've been made in the image and his likeness we've been made just like him and that's why angels are always like who are man that you are mine for them or the son of man because they try to figure out how did you make them in, a, in your image and they act so unlike you but God says I give you my word as the instructional manual of how you are now the level of light that you receive from me shows that in your life, but it doesn't make you any less everything that's in that book, but it's whether, whether or not you want to do the work, go through the process, um, die to yourself enough so then God can be arise. You know, like John said, I must become less and he must become greater. So the less we become, the more we die, the more we see that reflection of God in his words in our life. And that's what only the word can renew our mind. Only the word can help us become that person. So I am a word addict. The whole show, the relevant, the word works. Everything I believe, I don't I always tell people, I don't have an opinion. When you come to me for counseling, I give you the word because the only thing that can change you, I don't have an opinion outside the world. When people ask you, how do you feel? Well, no, but how you feel? I don't have, that's the challenge with our world today. You got an opinion and that's the problem. I don't have opinions. I have the word. So as believers, we have to get away from this. 
But what, how I mean, I know this is what the word said, but how I feel, that's the first problem. It, no, it doesn't matter how you feel. And that's the way I live my life. And it is, and I tell anybody that's in any group that I'm over, learn how to don't give yourself an option about what you think. Don't even care about what you think. What does the word say? And that's what you follow. I don't give myself an option. I don't give myself an option when my pastor tells me so. I'm learning more and more, Michelle, not to give myself an option when my husband tells me so. Because at the end of the day, God honors headship. He honors who he puts in authority to align to the word. And we live a Christianity oftentimes is that I want the word to align to my situation. But God says you align to his word. And so you align to his word by just doing what it saying, not giving yourself an option about how I feel about it. Feelings are so unpredictable uh, to me that is worthless because I always use this story. You have a feeling that day, but if I walked in a room and you could be sad and offer you $10,000, all of a sudden you'll be happy. So they're just as unreliable as anything. Most people, if you give them what they uh, desire, then all of a sudden they, they, they feel different. So I don't give myself opinions. I don't give myself feelings. I just go by the word. And that's when God was dealing with me this morning by my husband's like, that's my word. I supposed to honor, respect him. And he's supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. So it doesn't matter if he's not doing his job. As long as I do mine, God is side me. And as long mm. as God is on my side, I can't go wrong. Mm. I'm so fed. I'm so fed <laughs> right, in this panel right. today. You know, one of the, th so I had some verses that I was like, I may or may not use. I always kind of put them and everything y'all just said, it just reinforced them. So I'm just going to run through them all at once. Cause they actually build on each other in a way I didn't see till just Let's now. God but is so faithful. <laughs> I know he's just so he's, a, I call him a master quilter, which is hilarious. Cause it's a quilt, but I'm just like, it's a, it's, a, it's amazing. So Matthew 10, 28 says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then in John eleven twenty six, it says, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And all of the talk about the, the, the short game and all of that, all that stuff, it can completely throw us off and make us rely on short term things like emotions and opinions. And it says in Romans 14, eight, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's we're secure. And this is my favorite one that I knew I was going to add because first Corinthians 15 is packed full of life, death, mm. ministry. Um, but this one verse, it stuck out to me in a way it never did before. The last enemy to destroy is death. And when you were talking about the devil, we love to say, I mean, he's a, he's a real deal. He can really trip you up. He right. can really mess you up. He'll, he, you can blame him all day. But in a video game, and even in movies, there's that final battle with oh. the big bad. <laughs> in the show, The Walking Dead, that I used to watch religiously, they literally, the show writers would call the the person that was like the final, like the big villain of the, of the most recent season, they call him the big bad. Who's this month, this season's big bad. The big bad of the Bible ain't the devil. It sure ain't. <laughs> it's death. <laughs> and you can, and then think about it. What did Jesus defeat on the cross? Mm. Death. And when we come made to Christ, what, un, right, <laughs> right. He made a mockery of it. And then in our own lives, we are so focused on all of the little enemies, the little distractions, the little struggles. That we and we've convinced ourselves. One of my uh, my coaches recently said, we so often will build up all these prerequisites for ourselves and forget we're the one who put them there. We convince ourselves we have to get through all the little bads right. to <laughs> defeat the big bad. But God has said, I defeated them all, so you can right, go straight right, to right. the big bad. Anyway, anyway, you can go straight Basically. to death and say you've been conquered. I'm immortal. Mm. I live in Christ. Mm. Anyone who lives in Christ and believes in Him will never die. Come I believe on. this. Right. So I can unlock that eternal mindset today and I can stop obsessing and making all my life's decisions based on what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, who's going to pay me, how big my house is going to be, what kind of car I'm going to drive, how cute my husband's going to be. I can let all those decisions rest at the foot of the father mm. because none of those pay eternal dividends. One of the right. biggest things that I've been trying to unlock in people when they talk, when they come to me with their ministry, like how do I free up time? I'm like, one of the best ways to free up time is to stop 
worrying about all of the results and focus of the quality in which you can control. What can you actually do? You cannot govern the outcome. That's God's arena. Right. You have to sit and say, what will impact eternity? And when you sit and you camp in that and that's what you focus on and that's what you're asking God every day, the rest will take care of itself because God made that promise already. So then I got a question. If it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me, right? And we're talking about this emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So the enemy has the little portion that he says, live in your emotion. Mm-hmm. But if it's Christ who lives in me, am I supposed to live in Christ's emotion? Mm. Think about that for a minute. Because he has emotion. He'll weep with us, right? Mm-hmm. Right? He'll be with us. Mm-hmm. But when we put word and truth in front of Mm-hmm. All of that emotion that we have inside of us, mm-hmm. the emotion that comes out is pure emotion. It's God's emotion. Right. It's like there's that, righteous anger. There's righteous, yeah, there's a holy right. anger, there's a holy emotion. But those are not ones that are lead to sin and death. Those are ones that live to righteousness and good living and, right. and sanctification. So there's definitely a difference. There's a demarcation. Yeah. yeah. I, I just taught on uh, flipping tables, right? Because everybody likes to say, well, Jesus flipped tables. <laughs> I'm like, that brother fashioned a whip. Look, he went in there. He was mad. <laughs> He, he was like, what are you doing in this outer court where my Gentiles are allowed to worship me? <laughs> like, like, worship. And he's like, hey, you're in here selling in my court. You're selling in my temple. And he's like, he fashions a whip. This is our God. This is our God. He takes his time. It's like, he didn't just go in there like, ah, like, you know, you see on TV with the wrestlers or something. It's like, he goes in there, he's like, fashions a whip. He's like, I'm getting ready, boys. I'm, I'm, Imagine I'm ready. what a beautiful right, whip it right, must right, have right, been. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he goes to work. But see, it was righteous. It was righteous because righteous. what was happening, he was, they were going after the temple. They were going after the place where the Gentiles could meet God. So when inside of us is the temple, are we all, are we so surprised when our insides get turned out, when we allow things in to start impacting our temple and where the Holy Spirit resides? He's like, uh-uh, not in my house. I occupy you. Right. You got to go. And it's just amazing how this rewiring takes place. And that goes back to your, the whole thing with this with the walking dead. Only after, as you die to yourself can you actually live in those experiences and appreciate. Because mm. as long as you got self-involved, you don't see it as a win. You see it as something you're losing because God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be adding, added unto you. We want, us, we want the things that God adds to us, but we don't want to seek him to get him. We want mm. God to seek us and what we want and we want to believe that's the ad. But that's not even God's will for you as your will for yourself. But as you seek God, people are always asking, what should I do? Serve. Because in service, you'll find God's purpose. You could only you can't find your purpose outside service. God said, let my people go so they may serve me. He said that over and over and over in the Old Testament because serving God is what we were created for. We weren't created for ourselves. We were created for him to have a family and for us to reconcile the rest of his family members back through our service to him. So we want to we don't want to serve God. We want us, and I'm not saying you got to be a pastor. Matter of fact, marketplace ministry is my is my, is my place because you're supposed to serve God wherever you're at. So it's, we have this ideology, and I believe it's, I totally believe it's demonic, that wants us to take God out of our marketplace or of our jobs, not understanding that is our platform, that is our pulpit. And so as we are dying to ourselves, then we know that we, get, we don't accept positions or jobs that don't allow us to be who we fully are. But we can mm. be a full drunk or a full party girl at the, at the work, but you can't be a full Christian. You know what I mean? It's just like right, we, right. we accept all these things <laughs> right. and we, we, we don't demand that we seek the kingdom. So when you're seeking the kingdom, it's like in every area of my life, I'm going to be loud and proud about it as every other right. community group is. I need to be able to be, and I need to be convicted enough to be loud and proud in my Christianity, not in diminishing anyone else is by showing you that I always say being a Christian is lit because I have an amazing life. <laughs> right. It's lit. Yes. It really is. I, this whole notion that being Christian is somehow less than is this, this demonic narrative that has been played out that we're all 
you know, unloving, judgmental. That's just not the truth. I have some people groups that are far more judgmental than Christians are because you can tell by a lot of laws that are being enacted that people want Christians to just not exist. Our beliefs right. and what we and how we feel about the way things are, are put biblically. But the reality is being a Christian is lit. Be, live, dying to self is lit because when you die to self, you're not, you don't have this up and down emotion, the depression, oppression. You just all the time, just up and down, up and down because self is a place that is, is nothing but death. You know, this whole and on the other side, you know, that whole thing of self and I've been working on things about pride and everything really at the end of the day is that pride and that self that we don't want to kill that flesh that we don't want it to die because, you know, we like our flesh. We, we want our flesh and, and God is always telling us to leave flesh alone because it's holding us back. And I want to live this life as a walking dead person that is truly um, inured to any kind of fleshly things like offense. And you can do it. I mean, God, he said, I live my life fully God and fully human. So everything you've experienced, Christ experienced, and he overcame me. He said, the devil had nothing in me. So I want to be able to be saved. The devil has nothing in me. And the only way that happens is the more I reconcile myself, the more time I spend in his presence, the more I learn who God is, the more I become more like who I am already by actually living it in my daily life. So I'm, I'm just on this continue. I said, I got this little small circle and it's all about me developing me. And it's not me focused on me, it's me focused on God. So as I stay looking at him, he starts to show me the real me that I need to deal with so I can become more and more like his image. That's awesome. I, I mean, that, that, I don't even have to finish the episode. No, look at that. Look at that. that that's, that's like right on the money. Bam. Mm -hmm. You guys heard it. You heard it here. Seek. And then only one verse to go out with Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and a door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open you want to rewire you want to rewire in this season man read matthew 7 8 meditate on it go from there because it's rooted it's rooted into the rest of the bible the bible is just not one verse the bible is rooted if you want to change if you want to stop being a walking dead if you want to come to christ man get a hold of us or, or get a hold of somebody around you um that, that you know knows christ but man let's stop walking dead and let's start living life the way god designed it and intended it to be. Amen. Amen. This has been a powerhouse episode. Yes. If you were listening at two times the speed, go back and listen again. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it for sure. So we always have a weekly question. So this week's weekly question is how does it feel when you are dying to self in your own life? Check it, check it, kind of look at it. Do you, are you at a point where you rejoice in it? Is it frustrating? Does it make you angry? Do you fight it? But we want to hear your answer. We want to kind of see how people experience the dying to self recently um, because you might not feel so alone or so discouraged when you when you hear other people's responses. And we just want to say thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so You're much. All, it's always a blessing when we get to sit and, and, and talk with you. you it's just so, so edifying. Cool. I just love you guys. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, take a second to let everyone know how they can connect with you in the digital space. Well, thank you so much. You can connect with me on um, Relevant, R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T-D-C, at Relevant DC on Instagram, Relevant the Word Works on Facebook, um, our uh, website is relevantdc.com. So any place, you know, leave us a voice message. We have this new website and you can leave voice messages on it. It's really cool. So I'm like, somebody use it. We got all this technology. <laughs> oh, I'm about to use it. <laughs> right, thank you. That'd be cool. My whole life now is just how I can pour into women particularly and help them to be better wives, better mothers, better entrepreneurs. Just how do we help build ourselves? Because I know we are that, that, that backbone that our husbands need, that the men in our lives need to help push them. Because when we be, do play, play our role, our job is to make sure our husbands and the men of our lives fulfill their destiny. And that's, that's, that's like my purpose. Mm. So good. Y'all heard it here. She's amazing. She loves the Lord. That's why she's amazing. <laughs> so you can connect with us at thepantrypodcast.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, all the fun places. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Awesome. That was awesome. That was, that was, so that was, that was almost a power hour, but we had to stop. Right.